Hey there, it's Bashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those of you who this is not your first time, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. I know, seems like we've been gone for a hot minute, but that's because I had a death in the family. So last week I took a break and I said, you know what, let's just reflect on all the things. Let's just sit back and reflect. And it was uh, one of my aunts, my great aunts for that matter. And uh, she's a wonderful woman. She will be missed greatly. Um, I was closer to her when I was a kid. I have a lot of memories of her and with her. But as I grew up and uh, moving, you know, life, marriage, all the things you just you just end up distancing a little bit. But that doesn't remove the fact that she was a great aunt. Um, I love her and obviously she will be dearly missed uh, more so from her immediate family, her kids and her husband than anyone else. But last week I chose to reflect. I chose to just rest in the Lord's presence and not be fast paced in life. And, um, you know, I, I, I chose to just spend time with the Lord a little bit more and not feel the demands of recording or writing or anything of that nature. So this week, I wanted to talk about something that I hope encourages some of you who are somewhat desperate for a miracle, somewhat desperate for some answers. And uh, maybe you just feel like you you haven't gotten that answer or that miracle yet. And one of the reasons and this is not the the reason, so please forgive me or um, don't take this out of context. But one of the reasons in this study that I did on begging, one of the reasons why we don't receive that answer, receive that miracle is because of pride. And I think a lot of us, we don't want to admit that we struggle with pride. We don't want to admit that we struggle with begging before the Lord, falling on her face or her knees and begging God for a miracle or an answer. And it has to do with, you know, we want to show we have strength. You want to show that, you know, we have life in control when I think what we forget is that our dependence is solely on Christ. That whenever we're delivered from earthly things and we accept Jesus in our life, that results to our personal strength shifting to full dependency on Jesus. And I believe for some of us, not the majority of us who are desperate for answers, desperate for a miracle, is that the sooner we humble ourselves and realize that everyone begs, the safer we are. So if you read in Psalms 33, verses 15, no, verses 16. It says, no king is saved by the sides of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope of deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. So we, 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 we see that throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, how it takes that attitude of desperation for a miracle to occur. 
But I think the 21st century Christianity or the culture Christian shifts things a little bit. And that attitude of desperation, that attitude to beg, that attitude to fall before Jesus has been removed. We pretend, and I'm trying to choose my words wisely here, but if I'm honest, we pretend like we have life all together. We we're very secretive with what we're going through. And I fall like I'm in, I'm in this category right here. I fall short of this many a times where I would much rather go through things by myself than ask for prayers. I would much rather internally struggle than text one of my prayer warrior friends and be honest with them and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with. And it's because for a lot of our culture, Christian leaders, for instance, we have this somewhat unnecessary pressure that we put on ourselves to have uh, an attitude that we have it all together. And, and we, we, we see it on social media. That's one of the biggest culprits that we have life together. We have life figured out when in actuality behind closed doors, we are struggling and we are in desperate need of a miracle. Pride. Pride is one of the biggest reasons so many of us struggle. Pride is one of the biggest reasons why so many of us fall flat on our face. And pride can air or, or, or rear his ugly face in many different forms. And one of them is a stumbling block in receiving blessings, in receiving a miracle from the Lord. And it's, um, this is no, you know, if you get rid of pride, you'll just live a glorious life forever and ever. No, don't get me wrong, because it's not a it's not a genie where you, you know, ask the Lord to remove pride and suddenly everything in your life becomes uh, wonderful and perfect. That's not it, because we will go through trials of many kinds. However, pride hinders us from receiving what the Lord has for us and is easily accessible but it is not only a stumbling block, but it's also a wall where it cannot penetrate. The Lord's goodness cannot penetrate the Lord's peace, the Lord's stability, uh, the miracle, physical healing, um, emotional healing, mental healing, whatever it may be that you're, you're, you're seeking. That cannot be penetrated through the wall of pride because we're choosing to do life dependent on self, on personal strength versus on dependency or versus having dependency on Jesus. So if we look in Mark, for instance, in chapter five, there are several stories told. And the first story that you read in chapter five is the legion that was in this man. And and, and they call themselves legions, but there were demons in this man. And the demons begged Jesus to rather than send them to hell rather than send them back to where they belong or not send them back to where they belong, but send them where they belong. They begged Jesus to send them into the pigs and Jesus gave them permission. The impure spirits, it says, came out and they went into the pigs. The herd about 2000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. This is Mark chapter five, verse 11. And it's, astounding 
to think that even demons beg. Even demons understand the power that Jesus has. Even demons understood and understands, I believe, even to this day, because the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Even the demons begged because they knew what would happen if Jesus cast them where they needed to go. And there's grace there. And and there's a lot that can be extrapolated from that passage of scripture um, when it comes to the demon possessed man and God restoring him or Jesus restoring him. But then when you shift and you look a little further, Jesus raises the dead girl and heals a sick woman. So we, we read about the story of Jairus, a great leader begging, and then the woman of the issue of blood begging. I think what our issue is in, t- in society today is that we have an issue begging for the right things. We beg for other things. We beg for wealth. We beg for power. We beg for um, visions and dreams for the wrong reason. Again, for power and manipulation. We beg for all the wrong things when the things that we should actually be begging for should be things that will advance us in the kingdom of God, will advance our faith to become closer with Jesus. So Jairus if you didn't, if you don't know, he's an influential or he was an influential leader in a synagogue and he fell at Jesus's feet, a leader, an influential leader, put aside his status, put aside what society knew about him and was desperate. He was desperate for help that he didn't worry about pride, that what other people would think. He, all he worried about was the miracle for his daughter. All he was worried about is for Jesus to move. That he stripped himself from his leadership position and became as the least of these fell before Jesus's feet and asked for healing for his daughter. And if you know the story, if you continue reading in Mark chapter five, His daughter was healed. And then you look at the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't, she wasn't a demon. She wasn't a leader. She was like you and me, but she had an ailment for 12 years. She didn't worry about what society said. She didn't worry about what people were going to say or how they were going to look at her. All she said was, Actually, she really didn't say anything. All she did was she touched the hem of Jesus's garments. And if you know the story again, I I encourage you to read it. It's very powerful. Jesus says, who touched me? And he turns around and, you know, disciples are like, Jesus, what do you mean? We're in a crowd of many people. What do you mean? Who touched me? Anyone could have touched you. And Jesus said in his authority, no, this is different. This is a different kind of touch. This is, I felt the power of the Lord in me removed. I felt extraordinary power of deliverance. And that was healing. But this woman, this unnamed woman was desperate. This unnamed woman understood 
that in desperate times, it requires desperate measures. It requires putting pride aside. It requires getting so low that you don't care what anyone has to say. You don't care how people look at you. You don't care what society has to say. You don't care how you look on social media. You are just desperate, desperate for a miracle. And I, 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 I'm convicted by this passage of scripture because there are often or oftentimes I struggle with the attitude of desperation. I struggle with the attitude to beg because for me, it's, you know, the Lord can do something greater for someone else. There's someone else who's struggling way harder than I am. There's someone else who needs a way bigger miracle than I need. And that puts God in a very small box. Again, God's not a genie. It's not putting pride aside and saying, Lord, um, provide all my needs. No. But it's understanding the power of Jesus, is understanding the power of the God you serve, that you're willing to put pride aside and submit and beg God, not only in time of need, but in times when you even have it really good. And that's my encouragement to you. If you struggle with pride, if you struggle with this culture Christian that says you have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, and post a certain way, then I encourage you to reevaluate the God that you serve. I encourage you to question your deliverance and your salvation story. Because whenever salvation comes, whenever you submit to salvation, there's an exchange. There's an exchange of independence to dependency, full dependency on Jesus. Salvation requires that exchange. But for many of us, we hold on. We we have a tight grasp to our independence. We have a tight grasp to our life and where we believe our life should be headed. And then when it doesn't pan out the way we want it to, We question God. We question our Savior. We question even our faith. When in reality, it has nothing to do with our faith, our Savior, or our salvation. It has to do with our hearts. Where initially, we chose to grasp onto and hold onto the independence of our life. So my challenge to you is don't be afraid to beg. Don't be afraid to fall on your face before the Lord and cry out in desperation for a miracle. Don't wait until it's too late to do that. Don't wait until death is knocking at your door to do that. And I think that's what this past week reflecting on my aunt's death and that is, has done for me is to think How desperate are you for change? How desperate are you? Are you going to wait until death knocks on your door for a miracle, for answers? And it doesn't have to be anything grand. It doesn't have to be um, a, a death sentence that you have on your life. It could be something very simple. But in the Lord's eye, that is something major because it has to do with kingdom business. It has to do with your salvation. It has to do with your faith. So don't be afraid to beg. 
Don't be afraid to be desperate. If demons beg, if Jairus, an infamous leader, influential in the synagogue, if he begged, if a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and was scorned by her neighbors, by even maybe her own family, if they could beg, why can't we? Because if you're honest, you really don't have it all together. You really don't have life figured out. Our dependence should only be on Jesus. And if you think about it, the very breath in your lungs is a miracle in itself. So why can't we depend on him? And it points back to our heart, where your heart is, what your heart is still attached to, and what you're afraid to give up in order to receive the fullness of the Lord. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons. Stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.